Welcome to Rebel FM episode 160. I'm Anthony Gallegos. With me is Tyler Barber. Survivor edition. And uh, and Arthur Geese. <laughs> what? What? Tyler's bringing up the fact that I was robbed at gunpoint. Oh, right. Grand, yeah. The Grand Theft Auto style in real life. So <laughs> those guys weren't quite sociopathic enough to pull out a baseball bat and beat me to death. So, um, shut up. And, uh... But uh, so I man, pl- we just start in a real dark place. So I've, been, I've been playing. A, <laughs> At least stay tuned to see if we crawl out of it. I've been playing this indie game called Miasma, Miasmata, like yes. Miasma, but Miasmata. Um, uh, Shouldn't it be Miasmata? I guess so. Miasmata, maybe. Miasmata yeah, that, sounds better. But. It, uh, yeah, but uh, what's the platform? It's PC. So this is a PC only indie game made by a pair of brothers, and. Uh, one did all the music and art, basically, and the other one like did some art and design. Um, and I'll s- not uncommon. I'll say technically, it is rough. It is real rough. Like it tears, and there's no screen tear off. What kind of game is it? V-Sync. All right, so technically, she's aside. What it is is it's a first-person game, not a shooter though. You it you starts off a little pre-roll thing that says that you've been exiled and dishonored. And you have a deadly disease that will that will kill you in five days. Oh, and it's up to you to try and find a way to cure it. And so you just wake up on the beach, and uh, and then you just start wandering. Like immediately, you just wander, and then eventually you'll find like huts over the island, and you'll find research that people were doing to try and find a cure for this disease because it's been killing people all over the place. And uh, you're a scientist as well. So the whole, the, a lot of the core mechanics of the game involves exploring and learning about this island, finding plants and taking them and doing like crude experiments to learn like, oh, this plant has healing capabilities. I can make basically Tylenol for this to stave off fever and keep me alive a little bit longer. So you're Sean Connery, the medicine man. Yes. Except if Sean Connery was himself like dying from a disease that was going to kill him in like five days. And, uh. Is that not part of that movie? I feel like that should be part of that movie. If it's <laughs> it should, not. yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're exploring this world, and you but you have to like take out your map, and you have to like triangulate your position with like a compass to like unveil parts of the map to figure out where you are, and, or find chunks of maps that have already been written for you that you can add to your thing. So a lot of the navigating you do is based off of your compass and your watch because you need to keep track of the time of day because when it gets dark you can't see shit, and they're like a uh, these horned lion tigers on the island basically that will stalk you every if you come near one of course and uh so you can like hide in the grass or you can like if you're if you're good your guy's not really a fighter but you can like throw a rock and if you hit him in the face they'll like shake it off and run away or they'll fucking kill you but like there's like one point wait i mean they'll kill you if you hit them in the face of the rock no 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 when they don't i'm saying if you miss like they'll fucking kill you oh, okay. like uh so don't miss yeah i'm saying or you can, like, get a flaming, you know, you can, like, light a branch on fire and, like, swing it in their faces. Does that set the grass uh, on fire? No, no, no. So, the, oh. it's not quite that advanced. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, you're exploring, you're doing research, you're learning about the way plants are, you're experimenting with, like, combining certain plants together to create new medicines. 
always worrying about the fever. You're always having to worry about keeping yourself hydrated. And, like, your guy can't swim very far. So if you try and swim across a river, for instance, you'll drown because he's just too weak. So you have you always have to find ways around it. And, like, uh, and it's not, like, there was, like, one point where it was, like, I was running from one of those tigers and I just took off in a direction. And I'm, like, running through brush. And then I, I didn't realize that I had come to a cliff edge and I, like, tried to stop. But in this game, you have a lot of momentum to the way you run. And, like, like when you're, like, running, like, say you're, like, in other games and you're running uh, across a surface that's, like, at a 40-degree angle, right? You're not trying to run up. You're not trying to run down. You're trying to run along it. You know, like, in other games, you can just do that. In this game, your guy will, like, constantly slip. Like, he'll be, like, you know, like, the way you would. You, like, your ground would kind of give way. Mm-hmm. And so in this, I was, like, running, running, and I came to an edge, and I tried to stop, but then I went over, and my guy just, like, ate it. And so then I was just tumbling, and he's, like, oh, and he fell all the way down this mountain. And he's like blacked out. And when I woke up, I had just like lost all my shit that I had had in my hands because you don't have an inventory. It's only what your guy can hold in his hands. So like when you gather flowers, he'll like hold like three of them in his hand, and then a knife if you have one. Right there, I lost my knife because I rolled down a hill and fell into a puddle, and I was like, I couldn't find my knife. And I was like, okay, I just barely got away from that thing. Now I have no idea where I am in the jungle. I'm completely disoriented. It's like a game that gets across isolation and that sort of like fear of survive, like. I find myself using tactics that I learned watching Survivor Man. I'm like, well, I need to find <laughs> I need to find the highest point I can and look for a familiar landmark. That explains why you are still playing this game. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like that sounds a, really really cool. How does how does it look graphically? Does it kind of it like looks stand up or it is looks it, like a sounds terrible. It looks like a. Is it like the Slender Man? Like really really basic? No, it's it, better than Slender Man. Okay. To me, it's like it's like a a little bit worse than like Call of Duty Two. Okay. So it's like it's not bad. Like around it's just, that, it's I, just, but imagine that if it, if it had really bad technical issues. For right. the PC gamers listening that are shouting at the the podcast right now, um, you can f- probably force V-Sync. V-Sync, yes, you can probably with your uh, with your card. Your card. That's so. what I need to do. But I'm saying it's not a setting in the game. Right. They do not make it easy to do that. So. Because it's a console port for babies, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really... Like, most of the time when people say, this game is really interesting, right? That's like something that someone says because they don't have anything interesting to say. Like, but <laughs> in this case, this game really is... I would say it is an interesting game because it's it's you doing a lot of cool things with, like, really, really smart ideas. Mm-hmm. And if someone had, like, if these guys had, like, a huge budget and a bigger team, like, it'd be interesting to see how these things could be turned into more advanced game mechanics. Well, yeah, well... I, I mean, like the ideas that are there. What's instantly attractive to me about it is the whole aspect of it, you know, we have all heard of the genre survival, survival horror. What about just survival? That's what this is. It's you not know? a survival horror. That's it's so cool. It's a survival game, but it does have the horror moments sometimes where you're, like, sure. in the grass and you can see the thing coming towards you, so you're, like, trying to back up and have it pass, like, three inches from your face. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because it's, like, it's not like you're fighting monsters. It's just, like, a wild animal, you know? So, and that's, like, pretty much the only thing that will harm you. And it'll, and, and it'll only come, like, it seems like it just happens, like, kind of randomly. So you'll just be exploring for, like, an hour and not see anything. The only thing you'll be fighting against is, like, you may get sick so you'll need to find a place to make medicine or you may need to make fire you may need to get water and you may just be like i'm lost you know there are times that i just pick a direction i'm like west until i hit the ocean so i can find my bearings you know it's just an interesting survival game but how big is the map do you think probably like 
I'm gonna guess like five kilometers wide by like th- like three or four tall, so it's it's not tiny, you know it's not huge. You can go across it in a pretty short amount of time, yeah. but it's there's a lot going on there. So the day night cycle pretty long. Or it's a uh, I would say an hour passes like every five minutes. Oh okay, that's good. So can you do things like have a fire set a fire plate like a fire, Dude, there campfire? Are fi- there are campfires in places, and that's how you save. Anytime you light a fire. It saves. So oh, okay. whether it's a candle or a torch in a in a cabin, that's a save. Cool. So what if you get struck by lightning? <laughs> yeah, there is no lightning, but they do have really good like weather flex where it'll get all overcast and you'll be like, oh fuck, it's getting scary outside. Like I need to find a place. The to horned tigers will come up. for me. <laughs> yeah, why the, is the question that I, that is striking me as you talk about this game? I don't understand. I don't understand why, why there's horned tigers either. So, but it's a, it's it's a really a really. Uh, inventive inventive indie game so is it on a uh, steam green light it is or? a steam green light game did oh, it get green lit where yeah. i've heard from heard of it from yeah. steam green light is one of the weirder things to happen to games this year yeah it is and man you know dude you want to hear like the the craziest coincidence about steam green light and myself so I have really, i've been checking steam periodically for this bridge building game that this fucking like really uh like all they make is bridge building simulators they're they're okay. they're they're kind of like that developer farm simulator yeah but i've but i've I've been checking steam constantly to see if this game ever comes up on steam because i want to buy it and um they've recently gotten on green light and so if you go and and they have two bridge bridge games on green light if you vote for their older one you get a copy of it for free which i'd been <laughs> looking for like and i was like yes that's cool. So yeah, I like I like bridge building games. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, do you is the whole point of this bridge building game like you build it and then have to see if it can hold up? Yeah, something? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this that's that's like, the bridge building I always like. I always liked it. There was a game like that for PSN a long time ago called Elefunk. It was like the it's same very, thing. It's it's it's, uh, it's very similar to that, but more like simmy. Okay, that sounds. <laughs> it's a more simmy Elefunk. That sounds cool to me. Yeah, because Elefunk's so silly. Yeah. But simmy, not silly. Uh, oh yeah. Oh no, I I get it. Oh. You're talking about a game where you build bridges out of elephants. It would be hard to be less simmy than elephant. <laughs> um, uh, true, true. And this one, guys, fart into the air, and that's how you build the bridge. Yes. Yeah. That, that's my weird green light story. And uh, there, there's some really interesting games on there. Yeah, there are. I've also been playing uh, this other indie game called Planet Side 2. <laughs> and uh, it's produced by this tiny little company called Sony Online Entertainment. Um <laughs> But actually, uh, the one thing I'll say about that game is it has an abysmal art style. Like, Tyler. It's, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> keep going, keep going. I was going to say, it just looks like, uh, like if someone was making a really generic Starship Troopers movie. Right. And or like, like reinterpreting early 90s sci fi. Yeah. Let's not be mean to early 90s sci fi. I mean, it's. It looks it, like the, uh, like, pulp book covers from the 80s. For yeah, that's a good way. Exactly. That's a, yes, that is and an to excellent me it's totally way of putting endearing. it. endearing. I think it looks like balls. Yeah, I think the game itself, like when explosions are going off and it's like nighttime and stuff, it's cool. It looks pretty, but the character models and stuff, I'm just like, ah, it is such a weird disparity. Is the word you're looking for? It the is such direction. a weird disparity, huh? I mean, it, even some of the stations look cool. They I mean, do. all the stations. I'm talking look specifically cool. the lines, about like the characters, the, the human people, they the uniforms they wear and the outfits silly. they wear, just look do not look cool. 
I do not think I when I see say, someone, I'm not like that guy looks cool. I, I have to say, I've I've seen people unlock different armor types that weren't in the beta, and they look cooler. Do we know who made this? Like, what studio made it? She. I'm not sure. Uh, I just wonder if maybe they just contracted out all the asset creation stuff to someone. Could really be. Cheap. I mean, it's a huge world, right? So, like, to great. someone really cheap, where it's like, it's just. I don't fucking care. Just get it done. So it's 25 more helmets. That that aside, that game is really fucking fun. To me, with that game out there, on PC at least, I see no reason why you should ever play Battlefield. Like, ever again. Especially since there's like a $60 price. Or a, not now, but, you know, new a new game has a pretty high price. And this one, free to play, and you can play for free and not spend Straight any money and totally have fun. Free. Like, I thought one of the things they might restrict you with is like, you know, to buy a vehicle, to get a vehicle, like to unlock a ship, there's not only a downtime of how often you can do it, but it costs a resource. You earn like ship resources, manpower resources, but I've never once not been able to afford right. anything that yeah, I've ever you, wanted. You accumulate that stuff super quick. The, the, the stuff you run out of the fastest is is your XP points that you yeah, spend. Yeah, they're called certs. Cert points, yeah. Though, yeah. I mean, and that's the stuff like every time you level up, you go, all right, man, I saved up 10 cert points, so now I can get a scope, um, a, a scope or an extra. And, 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 and here, here's here's where I want to talk about like what, what I really like about the depth of this game is because, okay, so I want to talk about uh, when, when we would play Halo back in the day, the very first Halo, I always wanted... To be able to jettison my shields for like for something else, like more armor, or extra guns, and you can totally do that in Planet Side. You can you you can get like a different armor set that doesn't have the shields but gives you more like ballistic, you know, impact. How much or, does that cost you? How microtransacted do you feel? Well, it's you, all like cert points. Those yeah, you, have you the cert points to spend, and it. you can only get those through gameplay. You so, can only get that through gaming. You cannot spend money to get that. In the free-to-play shooters I played over the last couple of years, I feel like Black White Retribution has handled the gun thing well. I because agree. you get so many points that it's a trivial thing to be... I mean, you you, you rent, them, rent guns. But you can play one game and rent everything you want, yeah. basically. And that lasts for like a day right. or something. And, and generally, if you're playing a few matches, you'll get enough points to where you could rent the gun you want again. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And this one, it does take longer to get it, but they are permanent, and the only way to get it is through playing. So you're not at a disadvantage, even people that are playing. The only difference is that people that are playing can get, like, a time-and-a-half experience, basically. They can't double, but they can get, like, 150% experience. Mm -hmm. Or or you can also buy, like, perks, like, little, like, that last for, like, 20 minutes or something. Yeah, they're small things. So, but honestly, I feel like most people, like, I don't know anyone that pays anything in it. And they all have just had a great time. Yeah, I and wouldn't even. I don't even think it's. I mean, it's such a. It's such a huge game. There's so much going on. I mean, you're never gonna be like that guy with the laser rifle. You just get in battles that no game has ever had battles this big. Like I know that Battlefield has big battles. It does, but even on like a big PC server, at most it was like on a on like a, a map that wasn't made for it. It was like sixty four v sixty four. How like, many players is this? It can be as many as are in the fight. Like, I think it goes up to like like a thousand. I've seen people I say think, like two thousand. Yeah, I like, think that's a lot. And I that's think a little overdrawn. But you you'll never see that. Most people are spread out. So, yeah. but what I will say is, I've been in battles where it easily felt like a hundred on a hundred. Yeah, and then, easily. But it doesn't feel like you're not do like everyone has like a role. 
Yes. And like it actually feels like a battle. Like yep. that's what's the crazy. It's like ten people are in tanks. There's people repairing them. Yep. There's air support fighting it out overhead. It's just like. And it's like if if you're attacking a base, you're 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 fighting for every inch, uh, yeah. for, for every yard to advance. And it's like you're gonna have your guys sitting there just holding the line, holding the line. And it's like oh, okay, you pushed up a little bit further, um, you know. And sometimes it'll be like that base you're defending won't have the ability to spawn tanks. But dudes will be spawning tanks and slowly driving them over to finally back you up to help push out the attackers. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, you get into, like, saving Private Ryan moments where it's like, hold out till the, you know, tanks What's roll What's the up. lifespan like for your soldier? Like, how easy do you die? You go down pretty easy. Like, I would say... Uh, I stay alive really well. I, but, once, but I mean, like, if someone catches bullets you, in the face can If you someone take? catches in the open, I would say it takes, like, five to ten bullets to kill someone. Like, you can... I can kill someone just like, and they're gone. I would say it's close. So like to me, it seems pull, closer to Halo. Of the trigger. If you're, if you are like, accurate, you guys with are all describing this. something very different. Like Halo, like it takes a fair amount of. Oh yeah, this game's a lot shields. more fast paced than Halo. They have shields. It is they faster paced sh- than Halo, and they do have shields in this. But the shields, the shields are not as strong as they are in Halo. True, I agree. So like Battlefield, yeah, yeah. like Battlefield, yeah. I can deal with that. About that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it feels a lot like Battlefield, just with huge scale where and where. Just because you took the base, there's no, there's never a you won. It's like you took the base, and now you either need to defend it or keep the the push going. Right, yeah. I know, and that's the impression I kept coming back. I was like, man, this game feels so much like Battlefield to me. Yeah, you know, in a like, good way. Yeah, in a great, you know, great One way. thing I'll say it doesn't have in Battlefield is it doesn't have as good feeling guns as Battlefield. Right, say that. yeah. I, I mean, I Battlefield's guns that. feel amazing, but... Um, like the, I mean, the, yeah. But I love that people get in this game so specialized... Like, you'll see people that all they do is fly the air transport at the oh, main yeah. base out to the front. And they just return. Do it again. They'll drive you into, like, the hottest landing ever. You're just, like, taking fire the whole way. And they're like, get out. And then they're just out of mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. The, that's the way uh, the Arma players are, too. Like, in all those Arma sessions that I play, you'll you always have the guy. He's, like, comes in over the intercoms. All right. Touchdown in AO in 30 seconds. So, I feel like this is... You make a good point to me, which is, and maybe you didn't mean to, but I'm saying this game feels to me like the experience people think they want when they hear about Arma in a much more accessible form. Right, yeah, I can see that. Like it's, you jump in a tank and there's nothing to figure out. You understand, forward is go, and you point with the turret and you just do it. So it is a very accessible game and and it's really fun. And so far the community is really good too. Like when someone's issuing commands and stuff, people will like listen if it's Mm -hmm. like a good commander. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you something. Yeah. Is this displaced angst over mag deflating as quickly as it did? Yeah, but the difference is that... <laughs> you said yes first. But the difference is that, uh, unlike mag, this one, the commanders don't have any additional like experience giving or anything. They can just issue, like, if you're in a squad, they can be like, we should go do this. But there's no reason to follow him other than he's your friend, usually. I like that. You can form squads with just your friends, spawn on your friends. They make it really easy, even though it's on a battlefield on a pretty huge continent, to jump around anywhere. Yeah. Like, if there's, like, we're being attacked at this base, you're like, well, I'm just going to respawn over there. How do you spend running around without doing anything? That really depends on how you are spawning yourself. How often do you run around not, without doing anything? Me, not often, because I, usually, often, I yeah. usually look for the... The map, when you pull up the map, will be like, here's where a big conflict's going it, on. It Do you want to go you, there? 
shows you all the conflict hotspots, and it shows you like how many of of each faction troops are in there. Like yeah, so you can see chart. the one you can see the one where it's like, well, you guys are clearly winning. It's just a stomp. Yeah. Or you can go to the one where it's like, oh, we are in hot shit. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. Last night I was playing, and it's it was my first time to play since way early in the beta. And man, they added so much. Yeah, they changed a lot too, like, right? A, a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah, they. Their beta was an example of what a beta really is. Yeah, I agree. So and the, they changed whole systems. Like yeah. the primary spawn vehicle was changed. Like it's just stuff like that. Um, I last night it, I I had my first boring time because the Vanu took over the whole map, and we I was on the Vanu, and yeah. I, and when you do but that, there's three continents, and usually yeah. if you jump to the other continents, it's like. a bad news right yeah yeah so. i mean and yeah it was like after we took that i mean it was fun taking the map but afterwards it was kind of like they were just we were just holding them in their little pieces of territory where you can't enter and they they were like trying to send out troop transports and we were just gunning them down as soon as they would try to fly away <laughs> um but yes planet side 2 is red it's free. I it's mean, free. you have no. <laughs> the only re- if you can play it, you play is it. if you have a PC or not. <laughs> yeah, can run it. Uh, well, how well does it run? On my, so on my AMD processor, that's like a quad core AMD processor, like three point two gigahertz. And my GTX four seventy, it runs really well. Like I run it no problem. But I also I don't. Mean, I also where don't do have, you have the settings. I have them on high, not maxed. But I have them on high. Is it a DX11 game? I don't know. I can't say. But it is still very pretty at times. Yeah. And then, it, and, you know, caveats that I'll put in there is it does occasionally still have bug issues. Sure. Guys disappear through the world. Tanks, like, get caught, like, when they blown up. Like, remember in Battlefield, people would post those videos of, like, tanks, like, spinning. And mm-hmm. Spy it has yeah. shit like that, too. Yeah. Every Collision problems and stuff. Yeah. So. But I have to say, man, like, uh yeah, I, I was really impressed when I saw the difference between the beta and the final release. I mean, obviously there should be a giant difference, but like even though you know you mentioned collision detections in the beta, there would be a lot of times where you'd see like planes flying into buildings and they would just kind of like bounce around them. But here, I mean, they fly into a building, they're going down. You know? Yeah, they've done it. The game is 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 in many ways everything they said it would be. Yep. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. So, um, yeah. Arthur, we need to get you through The Walking Dead. Arthur, we want you to be sad. <laughs> That's what we're telling you. Hurry up and be Now, when honest. Arthur has a vacation, he's going to play it. So, we recorded last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Wednesday morning was the Far Cry embargo. Yeah, I know. You left here and wrote Far Cry. Uh, I did. Well, and then in the morning, I wrote it some more. That ended up a really long review. It's been a month of really long reviews. Um, Between... The Saturday before we recorded in that Wednesday, I wrote our Wii U review. Uh, I wrote our Zombie U review. I wrote Hitman Absolution. There's some other stuff, I think. I know. Uh, so there, I'm not saying you don't have plenty of good reasons to not have I, played Walking Dead. What I'm saying is, like, by the time I finished Far Cry 3, I was like, I don't want to play new things. Yeah, I I'm get that. tired totally. of new things. And so Having I spent, to learn new systems. Like, as soon as I finished Far Cry 3, I spent about six and a half hours cleaning my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Because it's just like this curve. 
when September starts of, okay, August is a week of 50 to 55 hour. August is a month of 50 to 55 hour work weeks. And September is 65 hours. Then October is like 75 hours. And then when I went into November, those turn into 80 hour weeks. And my last week was 93. So I, I, my house was a disaster. And so after I spent all day cleaning my apartment, like I wanted something comforting. So I downloaded toe jam and Earl Hmm. for the Genesis or for the, the, the version that's on Xbox live. And I, when you play walking dead, you'll be sad. I will, but I will made me happy. I'm saying that all I want to say is that when I be walking dead, I get why people love it so much. Even all the technical issues I had inside were totally worth it. Because that game is the first game I ever played. Not the first game I ever played that made me cry. I've had games that made me cry. But that game made me sob. Like, <laughs> I know that's not necessarily going to be the truth for everyone. Did you cry at the beginning of Up? Yeah, of course. Okay. Up, yeah. That's why when I beat Walking Dead, I went on Twitter and said that Up and Walking Dead are now my two if you, you may be a robot if. <laughs> you know, like, so. I got Misty a few times during Mass Effect 3. Yeah, I, I say that happens too, but this made me fucking sob because it's just like I was just like I wasn't ready for that. God, see, I'm, I'm 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 a little more steely Dan. Like I've I've <laughs> never <laughs> I've never like actually been you know moved to tears by a game, but this the ending in this one had me choked up, like thick throat, heavy eyes, like <laughs> like on the verge, man. Yeah, and you know I. I kind of want to talk just a little bit about my experience with the game because when I picked it up, it, it was simply because it was $15 on the Steam sale and everyone was saying, like, man, you really got to experience this. And so for me, it was like a value proposition because yeah. I've tried so many adventure games throughout my gaming life and I've never liked a single one. Yeah. Not a single one. And so I gave Walking Dead a try, and like I played through the whole first episode, and immediately went in straight to the second episode. Played through the whole thing, and wanted to just finish it, but I wanted to stretch it out. So I was like, I wouldn't let myself. So the next day I played three, the next day I played four, and next day I played five. Like I was hooked. Yeah. So should I not play this all in one sitting? No, I mean you can if you I want. Would stretch it out, stretch, but it's short. It does, yeah, yeah. It Each one's really probably short. like two hours. Yeah. Am I so. going to need an alcoholic beverage if I play it all in one sitting? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Like you'll be like, but uh, and she just has <laughs> yeah. all these moments where you're like, but uh, it doesn't matter what you wanted. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's it's. What do you think about? And, and since I brought it up, what do you think about the value proposition? Because it's about to come out on Xbox 360, right? It's out. It's it's been out. Oh, I thought it's out next week. Mm. Uh, they've always done Xbox and they've, PC. The they've always week. done simultaneous week releases. So like the same week, it would always come out PC, Xbox, oh. PC. Same week, not necessarily the same day. You know what I'm thinking about? iOS is the one that it, it's been a little more staggered okay. on. So yeah. Um, as far as value proposition goes, like fucking twenty five dollars for that, like no problem with it. Like right. It's it's like a basically it's like a twenty five dollars for a ten hour game. Which mm-hmm. is fine, like, yeah. and uh, like other people are like, I immediately want to jump in and replay. I have no interest in ever replaying it personally. Like, I probably won't. just because it's it's like one of those games where I was like, that was that. Yeah, that, that was, was it. that. Like, I don't I don't want to touch what happened. You know. Yeah. It's, so um, I, I think that game's a 
a, a really good. Even the technical issues I had with this side, like, it was all worth it. You had save issues. Yeah, and it's not uncommon, man. A ton of people were talking really? on Twitter. And if you go to the forums, there's a lot of stuff about it. They haven't quite pinned down what it is. It sounds like it has something to do with some sort of combination of settings between having, like, a 64-bit Windows 7 iOS and playing the say the games intermittently, be, you know, like playing them not all like see that yes, having them all downloaded say. at once. Like I was playing them as they came out. Ah, yeah. Huh. So that sucks. But I got it all sorted out. So I, I could see that as frustrating. You know, the and 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 some one thing that I would criticize the game for is that while it ne- it never really really bothered me but the puzzles were never really puzzles it was just okay, like so go pick up whatever is in sure, the area sure, sure. And, and use it on x in the first game the first episode they try and make it that you could tell they hadn't quite figured out what they wanted to do with it because it's it's still very much more adventure gamey in the sense that they're like here's this puzzle with a radio figure out how to do it and you and can it, actually to- and you totally miss stuff yeah and that radio thing like is like so easy that it's almost insulting yeah. And so eventually they're like, well, now they're not going to be puzzled. It really is just like, you just got to have the right thing to get through this. Just figure it out. And like really simple. And you know, it's like, so, so, so that's like one thing, like I, you know, it is a criticism, but it's weird because I didn't mind it, but I feel like if they ever did a season two or something, I would want more out of the puzzles a next go around. Yeah. I feel like the reason the puzzles in this one, even though they're simplistic and not all that great, the reason they work is because... The puzzles are just an excuse to keep you in a scene yeah. to talk to people longer. Yeah, because the half the puzzles involve getting more out of a person. Yeah, and and the and the the results of the puzzles are often forwarding the story. Of course, you know. Yeah, and forwarding your relationship with this spe- yeah. with specific characters. So, so. It, you know, and and I and and man, I am the person. I will. I I can't stand quick time events. I hate them more than anything in gaming. But I, they didn't. Po- you know the quick timiness which there really isn't quick time events i mean there's like mash buttons it's always the same two buttons yeah, too yeah. in this it's and never it's yeah but uh you know um and the the art style of course is really really it's perfect for the game yeah um, and you know it's not it, like people have said before right it's not common telltale it's vulgar it's violent it yeah i mean when there's you know it it tripped me out when the the adults started like cussing really badly badly around um what, what's the girl Clementine yeah when they were like oh well fuck that and I was like there's a kid there but I'm like oh well it's a zombie apocalypse so <laughs> yeah but yeah that game's that game's a uh, game's good like Lee. I, what uh, do you think about that main character Lee I think he's great like, so good like uh are you guys enjoying your your partner dance right now as you try not to say anything about the game. Yeah. Well, it, I just think that Lee is like a, he's a great character because he's a great combination of being charming and nice. And then at times a bit of a bastard and like he, he's not perfect. You know, he's not a hero, right? You know, he's, they got basically the same way that you feel about Rick when you're reading the comics where you're like, I like Rick, but man, sometimes, like, what a bastard. Like, Lee is that same way. Right. And it's because he's in this position of leading these people. And, and I think that they get that across really well. And, and, I, and I think they handled the, his, his relationship with a child that he's, he's never been a father. You know, mm-hmm. and so his relationship to this girl, they handled it really well. It's yeah, the sense where so he, strong. He fucks up a lot. He doesn't know how to do things. Yeah. And it's like they, like, 
I found all that very. It worked with me, especially just because, like, well, I'm sure it works with other people too. But I've never been a father, so to me, I was like, I don't know what to do in this situation either. This right. is terrible. Yeah, so. and that that relationship with Lee and Clementine was just man. I mean, just written so well. The voice acting is is good, like really good. You know, you'll never there. There was not a point. Usually in games, there are points where I imagine the voice actor in a sound booth, like trying to look cool. You know, and in front of a mic, but I never had that moment with The Walking Dead. I don't know if other people do that. Yeah. But, you know, and, and another thing that I feel like each episode of The Walking Dead, they all have those moments. They all have usually more than one moment similar to the end of Mass Effect 2, where every decision you make is going to have a drastic outcome right yeah. then and right there. Yeah. Each episode does that several times. Yeah. And, uh, I love it. Yeah, I know. And then they always have the little countdown timer. So yes. you're like, fuck, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Just snap judgment. Jeez. Snap yeah. judgments, man. If you're playing on 360, you hit the guide button. Yeah, or it's true. I, I'm not going to lie. On PC, there was at least once that I hit escape so I could think about it for what? a second. I know, Tyler. I didn't want to admit it. I know I'm a bad person. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, it's 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 almost neat when games prevent you from doing that. Like yeah. zombie U, if you die, like it saves the second you die. And you're I like, actually think <laughs> it knows you're gonna die and saves before you die. No. So like there the first time I died with a survivor that I'd had for a really long time in Zombie U, like I fucking turned off the system. <laughs> like, I forced turned it off. Like I didn't quit out or save. I just like I I uh, I don't think I unplugged it, but I think I hit the home button and turned it off from there. <laughs> or I turned it off from the gamepad. And restarted it, and I woke up as a new survivor. And you're just like, you bastards. I was like, you fucking dicks. But, uh, Arthur, what what have you been hitting up? I played Toe Jam and Earl. Played some XCOMs. How does that, how does that, how do you feel about Toe Jam and Earl? You know what, it, it, somebody mentioned it on, on Twitter to me, and I thought it was funny at the time, but it, it was true. Is that who would have thought out of so many of Sega's properties that one of the only games that actually holds up to any sort of scrutiny is Toe Jam and Earl? I don't. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna admit it. I never played the original Toe Jam and Earl. I played it a lot. I don't think I ever understood what I was doing. It's really. I mean, it's like a lot of games. And it's, the thing is, the weird. Genesis never had this sort of user-friendly like mandate that Nintendo had. Like there was like the high profile Nintendo games, there was always a sense of immediate accessibility, and Sega was just playing it by fucking ear right. for a, a lot, well, and that, they had a lot of games where you could just like fuck around and never finish them, like because if you didn't get like you crash land on Earth, your ship blows up into like twenty like I don't know like ten pieces. And so your goal is to put your ship together? So your goal is to go through these levels and find all the pieces of your ship. And if you get to the end of the game and you haven't found all the pieces, then you just... Nothing happens. (laughs) God damn! Uh, And the levels are like... They're like wide open. They're They're dynamically generated unless you pick... like There's a static version of it where where the levels will always be uh, predetermined. Um. But otherwise, they're randomly generated worlds with randomly generated presence. Like, do you know what the premise of this is? Only vaguely. So you're this pair of funky aliens. I knew the funk part. Uh, and you crash land on Earth, and 
like the enemies that you find are earthlings and it's all these like really ridiculous cartoon cliches like uh the invisible boogeyman and like hula girls where if you go near one you'll start hula dancing and while you're hula dancing something can come up and hit you uh, or isn't there like a guy like with a lawnmower? Yes, they're or? like old, old like hu- husbands with fucking like lawnmowers, and there's crazy dentists. It's random shit. Um, there's ice there's ice cream truck drivers. Okay, that will just run you the fuck over like they flatten you, and it's just full of like all these cartoon sort of sound effects, and it had a lot of digital like sound samples, like a lot of voice samples. Um, kind of all, everything you're describing kind of reminds me of like when I think of Earthworm Jim. Yeah, I day. think that very it, it, <laughs> similar, similar inspiration in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's just really funny and has a particular style to it. And like the presents are ridiculous. Like there's Icarus wings, which like wings appear on your arms and you hit the A button to flap. Uh, or there's rocket skates where you just like you are barely controllable rocketing around the world and. For most of the levels, it's like there's land and then there's space. And if you go off the edge of the level, you fall down to the level below it. So, like, let's say you're on level three. If you fall off the edge or you rocket off the side or jump off the side, you fall back down to level two and have to find the elevator back up to level three. Whoa. That's pretty crazy. Uh, And there are, like, most of the presents, there are some almost totally useless presents like thorn bushes, which just pop a bush behind you. Uh, And... Stuff like the total bummer, which kills you. Um, and you can go, like, there's this, like, old man, old, like, scholarly man in a carrot costume that you can find and pay him to identify your presence. Uh, and if you, like, you'll see Santa and you, if you aren't using a present and you hit the action button, then you'll tiptoe. And if you tiptoe up to Santa and poke him, you'll freak him out and he'll drop presents and then... Like everything you're describing of this game sounds so bonkers. It is really fucking weird. Like it's still even after shit twenty years, it is still really fucking weird. Yeah, but it was it was a co-op game, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the way it's meant to be played. Um, so yeah, I just, I it's it's surprising how well it holds up. Like it's not super ambitious but what it's doing it it manages to achieve there are some things about it that are still infuriating like there are times where you'll feel like it's killing you and it's just not fair like the way it is and if if it kills you then if you lose all your lives it's it's right back to the beginning there's no continuing there's no saves classic game yeah like so so yeah and the port is really good it runs really well and you can tell it's running in an emulator because you can save states Oh, nice. Well, that's nice, though. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that would that that would that would be how you get through it. Honestly, is like that. Otherwise, I just I don't know that people now would have the patience to do it. Yeah, I can't go back and play a <clears throat> Mega Man game without save states. But uh, but yeah, I it holds up really well. It also comes with Panic on Funkatron, which was fucking awful. What? So that was Toad Jam Mineral Two. Oh. Uh. So, you know. Just consider that the dingleberry stuck to the ass of the. <laughs> that was like at the time metal. of games where the sequel could sometimes be a completely different type of game. Yeah, that was also a time yeah. when Sega was just going nuts, like pumping out all this first party stuff, and like very little of it was any good. Um, but it was all, and that's honestly, 
that is the precedent for the Sega that like for what Sega became over the next eight years. It was just like, well, you know, it's got attitude and it's got like spunk and the kids love that shit. And it's not like that boring Nintendo bullshit. So they'll buy it. And a lot of times they did without, I mean, I, I like as kids, like a lot of the, we had shit for brains (laughs) and we only got games rarely. And the games we got, like unless they were truly abysmal we convinced ourselves we, convinced we ourselves love them they were good yeah i loved like, fester's quest yeah, i remember like, I loving bet, fester's quest i bet there are people out there that love the shit out of some fucking bayou billy oh god damn i yeah. just remembered that game jesus yeah. christ yeah i played the fuck out of 3d world runner that's a game that nobody has played uh but yeah i so I think that it was easy to just like be surprised by what was on the screen and not realize that those games were fucking bad. And that's, that's sort of the sad thing about all of these Saturn re-releases. And honestly, a lot of the Dreamcast re-releases is just like having like the warty fucking herpied face of my nostalgia thrust, thrust right into my face, like showing these games sucked and you liked stuff for really superficial reasons. Uh, and, and this was never good. It's not good now. Get over it. Yeah. And so to actually play toe jam and Earl and have a lot of fun with it and like, just like be curled up under a blanket on my couch with my cats played playing toe jam and Earl, like, and having fun with it was not revelatory, but it was a refreshing change of pace from like every other fucking HD remix I'd played this mm-hmm. year. Uh, yeah. no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and especially when, most of the games that do stand up have already been, you know, like you said, remade ad nausea, yeah. you know, and it's just Toe Jam um, and Earl is untouched. And maybe maybe that trend will be bucked because I have a download code for Baldur's Gate, um, which the, I would kind of uh, like to play. Yeah, PC that version. new version. Um, I have no Baldur's Gate nostalgia, and I tried it for the first time yesterday. What do you think? I find it, I find it very, Antiquated. very brutal. It's really hard. So the first, with okay, so I got into like the second fight in the game. I had a party of four people. I was like, "Cool, met some strangers on the road. Joined my party. They seem all right." We head into town. Some guy's like, "Ah, oh, you're what's his name, son? I'm gonna kill you." And I was like, "No, you're not." Issued some orders. He immediately fears us all. Kills three of them. And I was like, "Well, okay, they're dead, but whatever this game. How do I what do I do? Rest, and we're all back. Rested. No, we're not back." And I was like, "How do I revive?" And I went to a temple. And it was like, it's 100 gold to revive them. I have 50 gold. I was like, I can't even revive one of them. <laughs> also, in that game, when you dismiss someone from your party, unless they're like critical, they're gone forever. I was like, what? <laughs> I was not ready. I, I, was I, I didn't know the decision I was making. I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. But I do. you do see like like how uh, all the stuff that people love in Dragon Age, like this game was like laying the groundwork for all that. Oh yeah, like, Dragon Age was a modern reimagining of the Baldur's Gate games without the dungeons and without the Forgotten Realms license. Exactly. So it's like you're you're issuing all the orders, but in this game it's very Dungeons and Dragons in the sense that it's like it tells you like how much damage does this weapon do? It does four D four and you're like, Oh it was the second edition rules. Yeah. So and you know, they added some interesting little like cutscenes, hand animated cutscenes that they've put in it and stuff and I think that people that miss Baldur's... I mean, if anything, what you can say is this is Baldur's Gate that runs stably on your new machine and it's widescreen. And it's coming to iPad. 
Yeah. That's uh, not out yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's coming to iPad. So maybe that is a interesting way to play it. But yeah, I mean, for 1998, that game was like doing some pretty cool shit, like for 1998. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that it put Bioware on the map. Yeah. Um, it had like a like, ton of voice acting in it. Did Bioware do it? Did, I feel like Bioware did MDK. That can't be right. Uh, I don't think so. I think MDK was uh, the studio made by... It was Bioware. No way, really? Yes, it fucking was. The Bioware did MDK? Was the box. They did MDK too. Okay. Um, I never played MDK. I always thought it had a really weird cover. Neversoft and Shiny did the first one. Okay. Bioware did the second one. I always thought uh, MDK was a, fuck out of that game was a weird game because I was like, the protagonist, I was like, that game looks really weird. The yes, character it, looks like, very yeah, weird. The dude with weird. The, the gun on his face. Yeah. And then the second one, you have that guy, and you also have a four-legged dog person with guns in every hand. Like, you equipped a specific gun in each hand. And then you had the professor who, like, made random, like gadgets like you made a nuclear toaster yeah like it's like just that. a weird game um but uh arthur you've also been uh been playing some xcom yeah, I went back into xcom because i hadn't played it in months i've been I getting really back into xcom too that game is so good it's really good uh i started over again playing on console because I dude was- on console the game plays amazing on console it's like there, they've made I, the console calls fantastic there's no real compromise in that game on there's console. not I, I i i hear a lot of people that play with a controller on pc yeah i mean if you if you plug in a controller it becomes the 360 version yeah yep uh, so, which although I, I, you I have haven't to even select, tried it you have to select controller from the options at the menu before it will acknowledge that there's a controller sure button. sure sure is it um, good with the controller? Oh yeah. Is, dude, would you, you say better than mouse or no? But no, I, but, I, but say different. you want to just kick back and relax. Like, yeah. I mean, it's grid based. It's not point sure. based. Yeah. So and that, it's all turn based too. You know. Um. So yeah, that makes it easier to play. Um. Than it would be otherwise. But uh, yeah, it's that game is really good, and it's really easy to just fall into this loop <laughs> where you <laughs> you take on a mission and then you do a bunch of research. And you build some stuff, and you cycle through the planet scanning thing, and you build some more research, and you sell some stuff to the gray market, and then the UFO comes, and then it's just, it is a perpetuating cycle. Like, it is such a, a fucking smooth gameplay loop. Yep, and... and that it's easy to just keep playing for hours, and you're like, did. you get into that, you're like, oh, well, I'm thinking about building my base now, and so you put some time into that, and then you're like customize your soldiers and then before you know it like every time you're like well i'm a, I'm a, I'm a little over this it's like bam, 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 we're under attack and you're like send the fucking sky ranger Let's do it <laughs> uh did you have you built have you built the the upgraded uh interceptor yes i did which is how i was able to take down the big alien spacecraft i built the, i had that with an emp cannon Oh, I don't have an EMP cannon, so it got really damaged in the fight, but it happened, and I was like, I only have one, and it's in the right country. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So. Um, so I'm almost at the end, and I have not lost a single country. Uh, we'll Whoa. see. So this was my first game. Uh, I'm still playing my first save that I ever made, and I will say I've lost. If I lose one more country, I lose. <laughs> so, because I didn't know what I was doing when I was bumbling through the first sure. time, and so I was like, 
I didn't know that I should be building satellites or launching satellites or anything like that, and so I lost a bunch. <laughs> but now the countries I have are very loyal. Um, well, you know how I screwed myself over on my first playthrough. I I was using a lot of grenades and rockets, um, so it, it would blow my research points. Uh, you know, or I would get way less. Yeah, my yeah. rockets are strictly reserved for. We need to do this to save lives. Right. There, there was a point where I realized, fuck, why am I using... Or it's like, like a cluster of really powerful enemies. Exactly. And the rocket and up. the rocket won't kill them, but it'll... Yeah. It will... Whereas it will destroy their cover. Exactly. For example. Yeah. Uh, did you know you can aim rockets in the air? No. Like, if you're using the controller and you hit up on the D-pad, it, like, raises the cursor up. So you can fire rockets into the air and have them explode at predetermined points. Damn, I wonder how you do that on the PC. It's probably a mouse wheel or something. Who knows? Yep. But that's interesting. So you basically be like explode in the air to come down on them yep. without hitting terrain on the way. Uh-huh. I think it works. Uh, one thing I will say uh, is that game has bugs. Uh, <laughs> I've seen some Get pretty out. interesting ones. So for instance, when the game was first out, I don't know if they've patched this, but there was like this really funny bug, at least on the PC one for a while, that whenever someone would die their hair would fall off. Like a guy would get killed and his hair would disconnect from his body. So he just become this, it was like he was, he was secretly <laughs> wearing a wig the whole, on the console version. He was wearing a wig the whole time. So he died and he'd be like, Ugh, um, I'm bald. <laughs> I, uh, uh, stuff like b- being shot through walls. Yeah. It's weird like that that happens a lot. And that's really frustrating. It is really weird that sometimes you'll be like, what? This guy can see an alien. And it would be like, you have an 84% chance of seeing it. And it's like, I'm, I'm shooting. What am I aiming through? And so, like or missing, or like, vice versa. Yeah. Missing like a 95% chance shot point blank is super frustrating. But so. I'm glad that that happens, honestly. because I've had turns where I missed like four 90% and up shots. Now that sounds, that's, that's not law of average. That's not the no. law of high numbers. No, um, uh, and that's really super frustrating. Shenanigans. Uh, call shenanigans. Man, yeah, call shenanigans on these dice rolls. My my bugs were like, they were always so frustrating because I, I, I had a lot of system crashes playing XCOM. Huh. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I've had one system crash. I'm not exaggerating. I had to play the last level, I would have to guess five, six times. For me, like the the thing that's the the most regular issue I'm running into is just like it takes forever for the alien turn to actually start. Oh yeah, like, yeah, alien yeah. Activity it does I've seen that yeah. a few yeah. times. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there was another part where I was on a, a level with a bridge, and the camera broke. So like it just it was stuck over the aliens, and I couldn't do anything Crazy. with my guys. So I saved it and loaded it, and it was fixed. I had bad camera problems inside the alien ships where it would always want to zoom out above the yeah, ship, that's obscuring that your guys that inside. That also is a pain in the balls. Like, what the um, hell? But other than that, I, I mean, it sounds like like we're bitching a lot, but like other than like some technical stuff, it's just so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm approaching the end, and I have not lost any countries. I've had one or two countries get to five panic, and was successfully able to bring them back down. Um, so I'm almost at the end and haven't lost anybody. And I could, I can honestly... I won't say this about many games. Like Even stuff like Fallout and Skyrim, I never played that more than once. Because I just played the same character forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a game where I could see, once I finish, coming back to it. Like 
in a while and playing through it again, like on Classic or Iron Man. Right, on a harder difficulty. I I plan on doing it. Uh, and I like... I, it sounds so stupid, but I really do like playing on console, like the convenience of it, and also I like getting achievements. And the achievements in that game are fun. Like, there are a lot of just really well-named achievements. Like, one of them is, And Hell's Coming With Me, which is just, which is a quote from Tombstone. I don't even remember what it's for. I think I might have blown someone away point blank with a shotgun. Yeah, I've only ever had one guy panic once, and I got, like, I the best results possible. Time. It, where, which is where he just ran up and shot an alien. I was like, well, I'll take <laughs> that. that. Works. <laughs> so, But, I mean, I'm at the point where shit is super real for, like, nine or ten turns. Where it's like, there there are enemy types in there that make the mutons look like bitches. Yeah, the only enemy in my portion of the game where I'm at that I really fear at this point are, cy- are cyber discs. Like, and, uh, like I'd smoke a cyber disc in a couple of shots. Okay. Um, but like the sectopods are absurd. They like are when ridiculous. you see, I won't tell you what kind of enemy they're, they are, but when you look at their, like the amount of health they have and it's like five or six rows and yeah. the amount of damage they deal out and they do two but, shots a turn. Yeah. But meanwhile, all of my guys with maybe one or two exceptions have are in their fifth row of health. It's pretty good considering like a lot of times the only ones I have that are even close to that are like my heaviest guys. Yeah. So, um, I think I've actually lost all my heavies. All my heavies have died. And so now I just roll with a bunch of assault support and one sniper. Do you guys do this thing when, when I would play through XCOM, the only time I would like customize their hair or armor was if they got to a certain level oh like, I don't they, like they got high enough and i was like all right now you're gonna look fly you know i don't I, customize it all. i customized at one point for a work video and then since then i don't customize anyone new i just keep them however they came well see i color coat my guys to their role so it's like easy that, to that's see that's not a terrible idea like my medic i always make sure he's bright red and my my heavy guy with a lot of rockets, he's bright orange. Like, and my assault guys, the are characters white. are like Gumby and friends. Like their skin is bright red, or like just no, 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 the armor. Okay, <laughs> that would be great. They do allow you to do some do pretty crazy hair hair colors <laughs> with Boo. Yeah, uh, yeah, man, I really, really, really. Yeah, I mean, everything we've really said like critiquing any little things like that game is fucking excellent. It like, deserves to sell better than I'm sure it is. That is that game is, I would say, I would argue is as compulsively playable as Civ. Oh yeah, it's better. It's, than it's Civ definitely 5. one of those things where I sit down and I'm like, an hour, an hour, and that's it. <laughs> and then it's like I mean, midnight. You can't really do a ton in that game in an hour. No, I, I'm like, I'm just gonna play one battle. That's one mission and yeah. one research go. Exactly. That's all I want to do. I'm like, but then I'm like, well, no. It's only two more days until I get my new gun, and then I gotta try that new gun. I don't feel the thing that I like get away from me is I researched so much stuff that I used up all my extra resources. So like I had money, but I didn't have like Illyrium. Anything to spend it on? No, well, yeah, because I couldn't. I didn't have Illyrium or alloys. Uh, and the so stuff I you was get, like, like off the aliens. Sweet, I have all this shit that I could build if I only had the materials to build it. Like, yeah. That Titan armor sure looks cool. Maybe in a couple mm. of missions I'll actually be able to use it. Yeah. I have one guy in Titan armor. That's it. Now all my guys are in powered armor. All of them. 
One of them is in the uh, the flying armor. Okay, Which, yeah. You know, it's actually the flying armor is kind of a the only armor I have is I have one guy in Titan armor. The rest are in like the first leveled up armor you get, and then my one sniper has the grappling hook armor, where you can grapple up to second stories. I'm thinking so. of maybe I put I but I bought ghost armor, so I don't know if I should actually just stay with ghost armor for my sniper or not. The grappling hook's only nice just because I gave my sniper the the stat bonus where he gets like a big bonus if he's shooting down mm. on people. Yeah. It's just really so. it's super satisfying. It's it, there's an interesting arc uh in that game where like I was mentioning to you guys on the way over like there is a extended period of time in 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 XCOM where you are constantly in danger of walking into the meat grinder. Uh and then about halfway through you start becoming the meat grinder like where you're just wiping everybody out and that leads to a false sense of confidence and then yes, you roll into does. the end of the game and all of a sudden the meat grinder is back yes with six rows of health above it yeah, yeah it's true because nowadays like the part i'm at in the game if no one's injured and i roll in with my typical squad i'm like oh this is my wrecking crew like they're my wrecking crew yep and like so like and that, I mean, that's such a hard thing for games to pull off yeah. that sort of calculated rise fall rise even sectopods know? though if i if i get the drop on a sectopod and it's like okay so here's my assault guy with the shard gun like two assault people with shard guns and a couple of plasma rifle people like i'll drop i'll do run and gun and just run right up to it like just where i can i literally cannot miss yeah and one of them has the two, the the two shot ability, so I have like two ninety two percent chances to hit shots that do, I think, a maximum of twelve damage each. See, the thing is that I love about that game too is like so. Arthur's right. Like at the point I'm at, I do have like a false sense of security, but there are times that I have those oh shit moments where things can go really wrong. Because like, say I'll run one of my assault guys up to like scout, and I'll be like, he's safe, it's fine. And then what'll happen is uh, an alien will appear and I'll fire it at someone else and it'll blow out a hole in the wall. And behind that wall was like five more dudes. (laughs) And all of a sudden they're all there. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. Yeah. yeah. Like I love that because there's that destructible terrain, it can unveil aliens. It can like, it can like make all the difference in a fight. And it's so random, but it makes like, it's so nice to have those like happenstance things. Yeah. A a certain situation can turn into a house of cards quickly in XCOM. Yeah. Yep. Enjoying the shit out of that game. Yeah. And then I I bought another copy of Skyrim because I never bought Skyrim. I got a press copy. And so that's how I justified buying a copy of Skyrim to download <laughs> on my Xbox so that I don't actually have to get up and play it. I can play it on a whim. I'm not judging you. Yes, you are. No, I'm You don't not. play on PC? No. I... I mean, I just talked about how I like achievements, but I feel like in Bethesda games in particular, achievements are a good way to actually track progress. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Um, Oblivion was one of the first games that I thousand-pointed, and that was like, okay... That's an achievement. Cool, so I did the main quest. Now I'm going to go through and do all these other quests and finish. And one of the things that made me a little sad about Skyrim is that I don't think that you can do every achievement with one character. Probably not. Uh, unless you, like, do branching saves. Oh. Uh, which is 
I don't want to do that. Yeah, That's right. Because you, you, there, there are probably like some paths you would have to take that you chose the other direction or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I want to play Walking Dead next week. Uh, I need to catch up on a bunch of Game of the Year stuff. Like I never played Journey. I have never played Journey either. Me either. Um, no one in this room. Like I have a. I actually people. have a a word document of like a bunch of stuff that is like we need to catch up on uh for for game of the year stuff at Polygon. Um let me see here. I've been meaning to play more Dishonored. I've been meaning to play more Hitman. Hitman. I was gonna say there's a lot of games that I'm behind on too. I've 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 been jumping back into Dis- Dishonored and like I I, I know this probably isn't how you're supposed to play, but like I, I have to kill every guard in the game. I don't think there is a have to play way in that. <laughs> I mean, that I, is that that is gonna make shit realer at the end of the game. Exactly. But I've seen videos of people who play that game with all the skill and precision of like, like they are Darth Maul. They right. roll into an area and they just wreck it, and they're using all their powers crazily, and they don't get touched, but they just mangle everyone. It's just a bloodbath. Like, and that's like cool to me that people can do that. So like, so this is just going off the list of stuff that we're doing for, for game of your consideration. And these aren't stuff that, that are necessarily going to win, but like these are games that are on the list that I haven't played. Like I barely played any dark siders too. Um, I didn't play I barely any, played any of that. dragon's dogma. Didn't play any, um, never played journey. Nope. I don't really have any interest in playing need for speed. Most wanted, but I should probably try it. I heard it was good. Never played it. Uh, I didn't play Gravity Rush at all. Uh, Me either. Fuck. Uh, I played a fair bit of Trials Evolution, I guess. I need to play Marker the Ninja. Yeah, it's worth it. It's a fun um, game. Hotline Miami, I didn't play. It's fun, too. That's right. I, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are talking about that one. Dude, that one's that game is fucking fun. But then I'm is at the point... No. I'm at the point of the year where I kind of want to go back to stuff I played and play it some more. Like I would really like to play some more Diablo three. Yeah. Especially considering all the fucking shit they've changed. Yeah. Over the last six months. Like I would like to go back in with some friends and like grind out for some cool fucking loot. Yep. Never tried Diablo. Barely played Torchlight at all. Like you fucking reviewed Diablo. Did I say barely? Oh, I meant barely played Diablo since then. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, wait, wait, <laughs> barely played Diablo. No, I played it for like two hours. Confirmed. Reviewed it. Um, yeah, I just there's a bunch of other stuff that I want to play. Um, and it's at the point where I don't know. I guess it kind of <laughs> feels like a job <laughs> to play these fucking games that I didn't play. And I played so many games for work this year that I just don't. I I, I want some me time. We'll, we'll catch up. Should we uh, take a break and do some letters? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. back with some letters the first of which comes from someone named cornelius 
Uh, Cornelius. And I think that might be his real name, but this is an Arthur question. He doesn't say, don't say my name. I feel like this is also a Tyler question, and I wouldn't know because I barely keep my beard in control. Um, He says, No Shave November is coming to a close, and now I have this month-old beer. It's my first time ever growing it, but I'm thinking about keeping it. What I don't know, though, is where to cut it off to make it look like you're not a bum. Is it better to have it convex from the neck or concave? How high up do you go? And what about on the cheeks? For me, it's grown about a half full there, so it's lighter than around the chin. Do I shave that off and have a clean curve? He doesn't know. Uh, So shaving all the way to right at your jawline is dumb like that that basically makes people think that you have no jaw and that you're a fat guy and that you're trying to make it look like you've got a, a jawline Isn't that what i got going on no because you don't shave up to the jawline like basically it's like the the skin that oh, goes from the jaw to the neck i see what you're saying hair. yes just the jawline oh yeah that's um, bad yeah i think that the, the parts on the sides that you absolutely want to make sure you shave, no matter what else you shave, are the parts where, like, for me, like, my hair is pretty thick going underneath the cheekbones, but as it gets up to the cheekbone, it gets, like, a little sparse. Yeah, I, ch- I, I try so, and trim the parts that look kind of scraggly, for lack yeah, of... You, you don't, you don't want to look scraggly. I that think. being said, I think I might just cut it all off tonight. So I'm tempted to shave off the mustache, but Shayna likes it. So... I think I'm gonna shave off everything. But, I man, I can't shave these, my head like, and then go on a vigilante hunt. <laughs> I, <laughs> go on a Batman mask. I, I I like to hand trim my beard. Like sometimes if I don't feel like it, I'll bust out with the razor. But like what I do is I like I I treat my beard like a fuck like a bonsai tree kind of you know where like I won't necessarily go like on. one session won't be like yeah this is the cut session. It's just like I'm trimming everything that needs to be trimmed. Yeah. And you know, different different parts of your beard grow at different speeds. Yeah, totally. So you're not just going to be able to trim at one point. Yeah, you're going to exactly. have to. It is like a bonsai tree. You have to go back. Yeah. Like you need some scissors. I think a good pair of clippers is important. Very. Yeah. Um, That's how I keep mine a and, relative same length. And the thing with clippers is like you need to learn just to have the light touch when you use them. The light touch. And also know that like you don't need to hold them with the the shaving end facing up do you know what i'm talking about yeah how like going the against end. you don't need to go against the grain like you can sort of lightly brush it against your beard and it will still trim mm-hmm. and yeah. that's a that's a good way to sort of even it out a little bit or use or use scissors um i feel like you should probably do it before you shower don't do it after you shower because it can dry out and get all weird and poofy right after you shower Uh, am I crazy? No, no, totally. Um, and also for the mustache part, the, the thing that I've learned I need to do recently because it's the first time I've ever really had the mustache part of it is that basically you want to go from your lips at like a 45 or 50 degree angle and trim upward, like to get the hair away. Yeah. Otherwise you'll, you'll finish shaving and you'll go out and then you'll be like, the fuck is in my mouth? Yeah. Also, oh, it's yeah. not conducive to making out. It's Scratches. Not. No, it's just like it. Like if you think as much as it gets in your mouth, multiply it by like two or three, and that's how much it can get into their mouth. <laughs> it also scratches. It gets scratchy. I don't yeah. have a scratch. My my beard is. 
pretty soft once I actually trim it. Although I just trimmed it, and I'm getting little hairs out of it right now still. Mm. Well, I that, go, that, I go that real thing, man hairs. That thing, <laughs> that thing he asked Stab about you. where do you shave the cheeks down to the jawbone? Jody really likes that, but I don't like it. She, you know, where basically your, most of your hair is under your chin and under your jawbone, right? On on the cheeks are shaved. I'm not a fan, but For she me, likes it. Like the know. thing that I have to think about is because I'm bald. Like I can't have the full sideburn thing going on mm. because otherwise it's like, hey, here's a sideburn that cuts off. Yeah, well, I know I, I I get away with it because I have glasses. Oh yeah, and also your hair your head isn't shaved. Like you still have enough hair that you can keep like a thin layer and rock it whereas i try I, to keep it bald like i have to be I careful because if i if i don't shave it on the regular my shadow starts to look like adam west batman <laughs> um where because the middle part doesn't grow as fast yeah. as the sides so it, it peaks up um so like i basically like fully shave my head and then sort of fade into sides um but i mean you you just experiment with it and yeah if your beard doesn't grow very fast, then be conservative with what you do. And if it does grow fast, the worst that happens is you need to let it grow out again. I'm going to cut all my shit off tonight. And make sure to wash, like, use shampoo on your beard and scrub your chin. I just use face wash. Really? Like, yeah. especially if you have any problems with, like, dandruff or dry skin. Oh, yes, yeah. I just no. totally get dandruff in my beard when I'm not careful. Um... Well, thanks for that discussion. Next on Beard Talk is uh, Eldar from the Ukraine. And he says, I just wanted to know if any of you ever played a game called Revenant. It was an Eidos published action RPG. He says, my brother and I liked it, but I've never heard anyone mention it. Sounds really familiar. Yeah, I've never heard of it either. But I thought maybe... Did he say what platform or anything? Nope. Eidos published action RPG. Never heard of it. Revenant. Revenant. Oh, Revenant. Yeah. Hmm. Revenant is an action RPG by Cinematic Studios. Waste of nine... That, I feel like maybe I have played this. Mm, I'm not sure. Is it an action RPG? Yeah, it's a top-down action RPG. Maybe I did play it. I don't recognize the name, though. Like, the cover is super familiar. Is it like a guy that's re- blue and yellow? No. Nope, never played it. Couldn't tell you, man. Sorry. Um, I also didn't have a computer when that came out, so. Let's see. John writes in and says, Do you guys think that one of the reasons that Sony isn't putting much weight behind the Vita is that they lose money with every system manufactured? Will they push it more once it becomes profitable to sell? Nope. Correct. That is not why they're not pushing it. They're not pushing it because it's just not selling. Like, what's the point of pushing it? I yeah. I mean, they pushed it real, real hard over the holidays. Like, the amount of discounts that they were, you were seeing for the Vita goes beyond retailers wanting people to buy them. Um, because it wasn't like, oh, well, there are only ten that are on sale for super cheap. It was like these things are on sale all fucking day for super reduced prices. So. I, I, I don't think Sony doesn't want the Vita to succeed. I think that they expected the third parties would jump on board more than they have. Yeah. Um, because Sony has released way more games on Vita this year than PS3, I think. 
Uh, I don't know, but I would uh, say it's pretty close. Unless you count like the games that come out on Vita and then turn out to come out on PS3 as PS3 games. PS3 games. Like I don't consider Sound Shapes a PS3 game. Like that's um, a Vita game to me. Yeah, that game's really fucking good if you haven't played it. Um, let's see. Apparently, Kid Icarus Uprising is really good. I'm not going to tell Tim. This kid Tim wrote in to ask what games we said he needs to play on Vita, but I feel like we've answered that before. I don't know. Sound shapes, mutant bombs attack. Yeah, a lot of people like Gravity Rush. Um. So I'm going to read a letter from Zach, and before you interrupt, I'll read the first paragraph. He says, "Um." So Arthur commented about was about the Wii U stated. Arthur's comment was about, he said you made some comments on Twitter, as you do. Arthur's comment was about Nintendo's stated expectation that the Wii U would be sold out, which has apparently come to fruition, though I think it's unclear whether this is a phenomenon that Nintendo has deliberately upgraded. First of all, it is not sold out. It is not sold out. Like maybe it's, it's sold out where you certainly are. Certainly not. It was not sold out over Black Friday weekend. Yeah, I I can I know friends who have this weekend walked into stores and were like, "There it is." Like so, it, it did not sell out when it launched. No, it is not sold out. Whoever t- wherever you're getting that information, you're, uh, you're getting it from fucking Reggie Fizami, along with him saying that the Wii U versions of games are better than the 360 or PS3 versions of the games, which is demonstrably untrue. Yeah. Um, uh, it says, My thought was about the expectation that the Wii U was designed to help recapture some of the core gamers that felt abandoned by the Wii. No. Is this an expectation that I Nintendo think created? That's part of their goal. Well, sure. But I'm saying that's not the primary goal of the Wii U. What is, do you think? To recapture the audiences that have already bought in Wiis, like that family audience again. There's a girl I work with. I mean, the core audience isn't enough. And she she came, her last job, she worked for Nintendo PR. And she said for her last like year and a half there, they had no idea what they were doing with the Wii U. I still no don't one. think they know what they're doing with the Wii U. She said there they didn't a, even know what they were doing with the 3DS. There's a full that I also believe that there is a really difficult sort of identity crisis going with the Wii U right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't feel like they're trying to just. Well, I agree that to an extent they want the core to come back. But they know that the core isn't enough, so they want the mom and dads to buy it all the time. But they're not doing that very well either. Like, like I will say that and the Vita are like both two things that I think have some cool ideas and do some cool stuff. And in the Vita's case, it's a much more impressive piece of hardware. Sure. Um, but I, I, uh, the thing with I would be surprised if the Wii U hits Xbox 360 or PS3 numbers over its lifetime. You mean over its lifetime? Yeah, I would be too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Wii U set the world on fire, but the Wii U came to a, a screeching halt. Or the Wii came to a screeching halt. And the 360 and PS3 both sold a pretty decent amount of consoles. Oh, they sold great. Yeah. Over They're time. Both above 70 million. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, a that's small number. Almost every other game system of all time, with the exception of the PlayStation and the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Although next year will be the Xbox 360's eighth birthday 10-year plan microsoft never said they had a 10-year plan but apparently they do yeah what um, the fuck it's crazy too because all you have to imagine is like 
you know, as soon as the next Xbox and the next PlayStation comes out, you're just going to be in the same exact situation you were with the Wii, where it's like behind. I see some people making the point that because the Wii U is in HD, they won't feel as burned. Yeah, that's um, that, that's a solid point. Definitely. I, I just think that the stuff you're going to see in next-gen games is really going to underline the gap between because to me and 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 this i'm completely pulling this out of my ass but it to me it seems like next gen they're going to be pushing more i don't know for lack of a better word like processing like there's gonna be more like simulation on screen more characters on screen it's not necessarily going to be you know like cg graphics or anything but i think you're going to see some pretty incredible stuff yeah Um, and i think you're going to see it right away I, I don't think that you're gonna have to. You're gonna we're gonna go through like that sort of intermediary period where there are like four or five games that really showed, and everything else looks like an HD last gen game. I don't right. think that that's gonna happen because I think that developers have been wait have been sitting on all these things they could do if the consoles were better. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It makes me think of like if if you compared Gun and Graw like at right. launch, you know. <laughs> I mean, at this point, two different camps. <laughs> like by yeah. by next fall, the the three sixty will have lasted twice as long as the Xbox. Like pe- developers are ready for new shit. Yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that we'll see technologically impressive things. I still think that uh, there are some things on the Wii U that look, you know, they look good. I think but Zombie U looks totally competent. I agree. Yeah, but this, but we're saying this in like you know two thousand twelve tail end of it. You know, how how different are things going to be in a year, yeah. two years, three years? Um, so this the next letter is from this guy named David. He says, uh, it's my first time writing in. I've been playing Hotline Miami, and there's something about the violence in it that bothers me more than violence in almost any other game. I sort of chalked it up to how when it comes to death in games, more often than not, you either have a strong understanding why your enemies need to die, or the narrative is so flimsy that you don't give a shit. When you have a strong narrative and ambiguous motives for the violence you're committing, death becomes something that can weigh on you. Hala Miami is one of the few times I felt this way, which is admittedly admittedly strange. Fuck. Admittedly strange, considering how ridiculous and surreal the game is. Have any of you ever been affected by this way by violence in the game? And and all I really want to tell you is that that is the point of Hala Miami. That right there. You're like, I don't know why this happened that that's what they wanted like that's the whole point you're supposed to feel that way about the murders that you're doing in some way like it starts off being like this is just a dumb fun video game and then eventually you're kind of like this makes me feel weird so you're doing it right that's what i'm trying to say well i started to feel kind of weird about far cry 3 by the end so yeah i think that totally happens to everyone there's been games plenty of games where i stopped playing black ops 2 because i of the way that it made me the violence of various various reasons not just the violence just like the the oliver north stuff combined with other appearances by real life figures over the course of that game and certain theaters of war that you engage in uh i think are just gross like i don't i i think that they could have done what they said that they wanted to do in ways that didn't involve the fucking bullshit that is, that is in that game. And I don't want to go into too many details because people, I don't want to spoil things for people. Sure. But, or get into a political discussion. I mean, no, I'm not afraid of getting into a political discussion. Um, but I like, 
like there's shit in that game that is like to me the equivalent of saying well i guess we're gonna roll around with these south american death squads now like you know it's kind of weird that we're with these death squads but we got to do what we got to do for america and it's like the really really oh i mean it I'm not playing. I'm just playing devil's advocate here, not about the game, but I'm saying that America has sent in people that rolled around with basic death squads. Sure, time. and it's not. I I I don't think glorifying it in a video game is is a good response to it. And they can say that we have a message all they want, but when you spend like five percent of your game's time, like running time, on message and ninety five percent on shooting hordes of guys and in doing terrible things like that's not a message that's just like set dressing well here like here's... spec Ops, like spec Ops succeeds with its narrative shit because half of the game is you seeing story and doing talking to characters and developing these themes yeah that's that's the one i wanted to bring up in in relation to this discussion because i've uh, there's that youtuber i think his name is total biscuit um, it is total biscuit you don't have to say that is that is the youtuber and uh, there, there's another one. I, I get them mixed up. They're cynical Brit. And I mix them up. But anyway, and it was just like, you know, I watched this whole video where he was just really just like praising Spec Ops. You know, it's really, really good. You know, he goes through some really great critical points of like why that game is, is good for, you know, what it's trying to do. So I'm, so I'm wondering, Arthur, how, you know, how because I know you played Spec Ops, you know. Yeah, I, I just think that like when you look at violent, like people talk about violent movies uh being about war and having shooting and still having a message you're still talking about movies where like 60 to 80 percent of the running time is like people talking to people and like exposition and plot development and those are like even a quentin tarantino movie like pulp fiction is a really violent movie but it's a violent movie that's like a bunch of conversations that are punctuated by violence Mm -hmm. um it's a talkie very briefly punctuated by violence right well that's because in a movie you're just watching right and yeah so, whereas like a video game is like 90 percent violence like and that's uh that's giving like a lot of benefit of the doubt to that game like most military shooters are like 90 percent shooting and maybe 10 percent exposition or message sure and like you can you can have like the deepest message in the world but it just gets eventually gets washed away by this like this just wall to wall like violence that is totally contradictory to what your message is even something like halo 4 like halo 4 does a lot with with its narrative and the relationships with its characters and it works i think in part a lot more than it did in say reach because you were spending a lot of time exploring these environments and talking to cortana and not shooting like there's a lot of traversal time in Halo that's not spent fighting. I don't remember that much traversal time in Halo. I mean, you maybe go through like a two minute period where you aren't shooting, and then you're shooting again. I I, I think that it's probably about a sixty five thirty five split between exploring these crazy alien worlds and shooting at things. I don't remember ever just like I do not have distinct memories in that game of ever running around and being like we're just wandering. No, you're like wandering for like thirty seconds to get into another firefight. There, man, you go through like the second level isn't I mean, the first level is an example. You go maybe four or five minutes without fighting anything, and then there's there's additional gaps without fighting anything. The second episode or the second mission, like 
you're going for a good like 10, 15 minutes before you come upon covenant. Like you're going through, um, unless you are barreling through as fast as you can to, to get to the next fight. But there is enough stuff there that you can explore and have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. without it being interrupted by a firefight. I feel like Halo 4 does a decent job with the narrative of Cortana because she's always there with you. But the rest of the narrative of that game is like seriously lacking. I, like, I just don't think it's developed. Like it's missing big parts. Yeah, I'm, I'm so angry at them for hiding the shit in the terminals. Yeah. For real. But that yeah. is. So yeah, I, I think like more and more often I am just over games that try that purport to have a message and try to have a realistic setting uh that are just like wall-to-wall violence like medal of honor warfighter is another example like medal of honor it's in like medal of honor is is just laughably bad in many respects um but i'm also just tired of like the brown people like shooting simulations right right um like this was the year this was my year where I've hit, like, I've fished my limit on games where you're pretty much just shooting a bunch of brown poor people. Even if they are terrorists or Muslims or Islamic extremists. Like, I... I Well, that's the problem currently. I've with had doing... all I can takes, and I can't takes no more. I think the thing, though, is that if you're making a game in a realistic set piece that where a conflict that makes sense, and you're trying to tie into things that are happening in real life, unfortunately, that's what's going to happen. Like that's the conflicts that are going on. I mean, I'm not saying that something realistic, then you would be piloting a drone from a thousand miles away and accidentally killing civilians. Okay. Like, but there, there are no standing fights where you were shooting hundreds of dudes. No, there's not, but I'm saying there are foot soldiers on the ground that are fighting in firefights, a man on the ground, a human being, a white faced man shooting at brown people. That does happen in the world. Right. And so the point I'm making, all I'm saying is that in a realistic setting, if they want to make a game that is a realistic setting, those are the ones they have to draw from. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that that's just what it is. But if it were a realistic setting, those guys would be sitting on their ass more often than not and going through patrols. A realistic setting is not the same thing as a realistic moment-to-moment gameplay. A setting is different from gameplay. Yeah, I just don't don't think that any of these games are doing that. Even Medal of Honor 2010 was more did more of that and that game was also bad no i'm just saying the the mere thematic thing of white people shooting brown people is only happening in my opinion because they are drawing upon conflicts that are going on that is do you feel like black ops was informed by not real life but plausible scenarios i think that well in black ops a lot of times you're not fighting brown people you're fighting chinese people and russians and russians which are not brown people either exactly so like that was more palatable to me yeah. Like you're not shooting poor people, you're shooting an enemy force. Yeah. I so yeah, I I I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that if you're making a modern game, a lot of times these people are just using these conflicts to inform to it. To me to me, you know what it it sounds a bit like they tried to do something deep, but they fucked it up and that it's almost like like if if you're gonna try and fail to execute, you should maybe almost like I don't know, like do you just go full on like make something sort of like the video game version of the expendables where it's like i'll say this that when i talked to the story writer he did tell me that there were things they want he or at least he alluded to me that there are things they wanted to do that they were not allowed to do because they were not call of duty like story-wise like you know like things that would have involved not having people shoot things and stuff right yeah but that isn't call of duty and so there are certain mandates that have They've made the game that is most aggressively apes Call of Duty, and it is worse for it, in my opinion. Um, 
Like I don't want to. I don't want to get in an argument with you about Black Ops. 2. We're not in an argument. I don't want to insult you for liking Black Ops Two. Like I, I don't not, feel insulted that okay. you don't like Black Ops. Like, I, I do not question that you enjoyed it as much as you said you did. Yeah, I did. That's uh, fine. We can dislike certain things. It doesn't bother me. I just, yeah, I really, I think that Black Ops Two is like everything that's wrong with Call of Duty and with modern military shooters. Like I, mean, I haven't played the multiplayer at all, but this is going to be the first Call of Duty game I don't finish since three. To me, some of my problems with these modern shooters aren't, I mean, yeah, like, you know, I see those, you know, some, some of the political issues, but, you know, I, I tend to over, you know, whatever, brush those aside. But what bothers me are the stand here and do this aspect, like stand here and press X, look at this with the visor and send the the airstrike to this building. Like, you know, it's just like, what the f- why am I playing this game? I just feels really That's the stuff I don't like. Like It just feels really plastic to yeah. me. I I don't know. I just But the stuff I'm talking about is in like all modern military games. Now like well, Battlefield. It's, it's not even yeah. in all military games, it's just in like, like all games. All games, yeah. I mean yeah. even even Battlefield three, I felt like you are yes, you, like just to be as reductive as possible, there are brown people that you shoot in Battlefield three. Sure. But it's not, it doesn't revolve around like we're going around the world hunting the other. Hmm. It's this is another superpower or like the remains of a superpower, yeah. or, like a complicated political situation. Yeah. And it may be a contrivance, but it's a contrivance that makes it so that it's not like a white dude shooting a bunch of brown people. And I know that like people are getting tired of hearing that like presented that way, but. That this has been a generation, like a console generation of like white dudes shooting brown people, uh, and, and it, it started really with modern warfare, and it just has not gone away. Mm-hmm. And it's at a time where like you look at a lot of, you know, every now and then you know you'll you'll read headlines from you know European countries like you'll see like brushes of racism and they're they're, they're heavily like on, you know, against people from the Arabic world and it's like yeah like france has well europe's really having a huge backlash on that. yeah like all you know europe. and so it's like, like almost immigrants. at a time where we need to be a little bit more sensitive or you know i'm not I'm not saying like i'm just, sure we've lost like I've, I've just lost this like a massive part of our audience right now <laughs> for saying this stuff but uh, i don't think so i mean it's it's good you need to be aware of it because like because and then what i'm thinking about arthur too is like i love arma and like there's uh there, there's a whole multiplayer uh, called Insurgency, and you're, and the whole thing is you're, you're going to find terrorist weapons, weapon stashes, and you blow up the weapon stashes. Like, and you know, of course, all the terrorists, you know, they're Muslim. Muslim, you know. Like, the, I, I feel like the game that had the most interesting to say about like insurgency versus occupying military forces generation was fucking Red Faction Guerrilla. Where yeah. you are a terrorist, mm. you yeah. are an insurgent. Mm-hmm. You set up roadside bombs. Yeah, but I didn't feel like I had much to say about it. Like I just did it because it was fun. Like that's what I got. Yeah. The story in that, it is not very. interesting. But you're so clearly the hero, mm-hmm. and yeah. the occupying force is so clearly the bad guy. Yeah, but in that's because they do horrible shit. Right. Like they're shown doing horrible shit all the time. I'm just. I I mean, you could easily make a, a video of that of American forces in Afghanistan. Like, sure like and and that's not a new thing that's not like oh well this year it turned out we did like some of our servicemen did awful shit 
or that torture was approved by mm-hmm. high members of the administration. Like that's something that has been in the news for years. So I don't know. I It's tricky. It's tough. You know, I like to hear it addressed at least. Just don't blow sunshine up my ass about a meaning and then just <coughs> be another fucking mindless shooter, except for like random moments where you try to fit in some like, being American is hard and it's a responsibility message because it's not working. Mm, That's not what I took away from that at all myself, but I, you know, I'm, I'm drawn to Battlestar Galactica when there was that part period. And I think it was like season three or season two where they were like pretty much going just right along parallel with the headlines of like torture of like the war in Iraq of insurgency. And they totally flipped the tables and it's, I like that depth. Like, I felt they did it right. Like, Oh, when you have a weekly show that has an hour to develop all kinds sure, of... Sure, 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 sure. But I'm, I'm just saying, you know, this is a... It's it's a good example to look at where, totally. where, it, where it's done really well. And I mean, like, honestly, I expect that this will change next-gen, if for no other reason than Call of Duty... Like, Black, apparently Black Ops 2 is selling a, a much slower clip than it has before. And, like, there's got to be a point where that bubble bursts. Oh, of course. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons Vivendi's having such a hard time, like, selling them is because it's like they have all their money riding in, like, three franchises. And it's like, well, if one of those gives out, all of a sudden your fucking company is not worth half as much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, although I understand that Activision now owns a significant portion of Bungie's new product. Oh, maybe they'll get some out of that. So they're they're hoping something comes out of that. Uh, But... So, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be a scramble to find the next big thing or to chase the next big thing. And I don't think that it's going to be a first person military shooter. Yeah, I don't I, I don't doubt that. Don't know what it will be. I have no idea. I have, I have no fucking idea what it is, but I do not think it is this. I think that this is running its course. Hope okay. so. All right. You want to read a couple more so we don't go out on an antagonistic note? With a large part of our audience. Um, let's see. Um, let me see. That was a that wasn't a good question. Um, sorry, I wasn't looking at letters like I normally do. I have one. Okay. This is from Tristan. He says, "Hey guys, do any of you or I think you all do a great job covering a wide variety of games, but do any of you play sports titles?" Uh, also, I played through Halo, AC3, and Black Ops 2, but Walking Dead has my game of the year choice so far. Thoughts? Well, I don't know that I'd say Walking Dead is my game of the year, but it's definitely up there. For sure, Z's. It's, it, it's one of the most interesting... Emo- it's actually it's a good example of a, of a game that covers interesting topics of emotional things and character mm-hmm. things, and that's because it is all exposition, right? Like yeah. That's the thing that makes it great for that, but... Uh, I mean, as far as sports games, tennis and Mario Mario Sports, yeah. that's it. I played some Tiger Woods a while back and really liked it, but I just I haven't had time this year or even last year really to play anything I'm not reviewing. And I would not review a sports game. I am not qualified to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would give you an opinion of someone who's never played all the other games in the franchise, so it wouldn't make... Yeah. When I, uh, when I finished The Walking Dead, like my instant reaction was... This immediately goes to the top of my game of the year list. But the only thing that gives me pause are the critiques that I said about how I felt 
the puzzles could could have been more meaty. That's the only thing. Do you worry that that's like a sort of almost petty concern in light of what The Walking Dead is trying to do? So I don't know. If now we, that you I, put it that way. I not, say this having only played the first episode. Yeah. So just devil's advocate. Well, when you put it that way, I say, no, it shouldn't factor into my opinion. But it. But I'm thinking about this, a sequel, and I'm thinking, if it doesn't have more meaty puzzles, I'm going to be pissed. Or, or not pissed, but... Um, disappointed. Uh, disappointed. Like, for me, like Mass Effect 3 is still at the top. Because, first of all, I love that game. I like the ending. Uh, and it also is like the capper to an experience that defined the generation for me. Like the Mass Effect series was like my favorite thing about this console generation. It's definitely up there too. That series is dead for me. I couldn't give a shit what happens. (laughs) After I finished that game, I was just done. (laughs) It makes me so mad. (laughs) Like I just want to yell at you and argue with you. (laughs) all night like that's the thing that that is like making me angry and sad about game of the year discussions right now it's just like two of my favorite games of the year had really massive like acid soaked fan backlash campaigns yep when we've done game of the year discussions at ign i did have to push to remind people like remember when everyone thought this was awesome and for some reason now you've all convinced yourself that it's not like yeah yeah like Diablo. You're talking about Diablo. Yeah, or Mass Effect. Yeah. Mass Effect's another I, one. I just, like... I, yeah. I, like, it It pisses me off how badly, like, this group of people has poisoned the well for those games. Like, this hyper-vocal minority. Um, and that makes me sad, because I really do think Mass Effect 3 is a incredible achievement. Especially going back and... and being reminded of how much things in that game can be different depending mm-hmm. on how you played. I agree. I think they did like, so much right. Like, and it's like, especially if you look at some of the missions in the third game, like the Tachanka mission, so well done. Like, so there are characters that died for me that, like, I literally thought there was no way they could survive, and talking to other people like they did. Mm. Yeah. Um, no. I yeah. I admit all that. I I love loves me all that but the thing is i loved mass effect because it was science fiction and then the moment they introduce they it's not science fiction anymore you're gonna make me go in and so, bleep that out thanks so this is where is, i stop the podcast so i can i can put in bleeps so please stop saying that the statute of limitations is not up on the fucking ending of mass effect 3 that's not the ending like we are just at the point this year with that game where i have dealt with so much bullshit from people about mass effect three that it has uh calcified my resolve and my opinion of it to the point where if someone like ordinarily when someone is dismissive of a game my thought is okay you know what i'm not dismissive of massive when was i dismissive i mean you were pretty dismissive right now about the i said do you remember when Mass Effect 3 was so great that T'Chanka Mission had such a great beginning, Right, but middle, you also said resolution. the words, that series is dead to me. It is. Uh, so, now it is. So the thing, like... Certainly. Like, that's I, not... That's not uh, that has nothing to do with me uh, discredit or, like, dismissing the ending, saying that the, the ending came to a point where I felt like they just went back on the genre. They just did a complete genre switch on me where it was like, you know... Uh, 
See, but right, like everything that you're saying right now, my immediate impulse is to like rebut like every part of your statement because I've spent the entire year like defending my position against literally, I would say probably hundreds, if not thousands of people like attacking my opinion. Like, sure, you but can have so, your opinion. I'm not so, attacking it. I'm just saying I'm, I'm not I'm dismissing like, it, that is, that and is, I'm not the acid. I'm not a part of this acid campaign. I simply played it, made my decision, and right, I have my I'm, peace with it. What I'm saying is that like that is the point that I am at with that game. That's fair, but Tyler like, is not that guy. Um, no, I'm, I'm trying to explain rationally, and you're and sitting here throwing acid at me. I'm like I'm what? Not. I'm, I'm not being that dismissive of the game at all. I'm saying you're the one going on the offensive here. That's where I am with Mass Effect. (laughs) That's why this is all really frustrating to me. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, like, I think Mass Effect is, is a very great game, but there are some people that didn't like the ending and that's fine. Like I thought the ending was great myself. If someone says, how's Mass Effect three, I say the gameplay is amazing. The story up until the end is amazing. I didn't like the ending. Period. You can have that. And, sure. and I honestly will not get excited for any Mass Effect series. If, See, it, to me, if they come out and it's like people are like, man, it's the old good Mass Effect again, then I'll be on board. To me, if they but, just like take place in some other stories that are going on in the universe, I want to hear that. that I want to hear that those That seems stories. where the most gold is like, that's where they can, I feel they can bring it back. But sure. like... I want to play as a just. just I want to play as a Justicar or something like. Yeah, that I mean sounds the, cool the shepherd like the shepherd story is over. Like, right, there yeah. is no more. There's right, that's no what I'm saying. Shepherd story to tell. Or I want to play like uh, as a god damn it, Saren. I want to know like what Saren was like before he became bad. There's like a that's book about it. Mm-hmm. Oh well, fuck. That was the the Mass Effect book that came out before the first game. Oh, well, shit. Well, I want to play that. <laughs> Let me play that. That also has Anderson. He's the main character. The, Sorry. The, yes. Your commander in the first one. Yes. The black guy. Okay. Yeah. So I want to know more about these characters. Like, I think there's a rich universe there. Like they, mm-hmm. they established, that's one thing that I think maybe Mass Effect doesn't get enough credit for as, as Arthur said, like as a generational thing, as like this whole generation, it established a like universe better than probably any other. Game. I don't think anyone's not giving them credit for that. I know. I'm just Everyone, saying, I just feel people like people are this upset because they loved it. I just feel like, uh, oh no, I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying that I'm just giving it some love. Yeah. You know, saying that I like they more did. than the halos, more than anything else, like it established. I agree. A, I agree. I think they did create one of the most compelling universes this generation. If not the, I mean, I'd have to think through, but probably the most compelling universe, but it just, that I think ending, it's the man, most narratively successful like trilogy that I can think of. And definitely like, the most narratively successful game they've done. I'd yeah. Say. Like, like I, I'm, I'm like the Lord of the Rings is probably a successful trilogy, and I think some people would argue Star Wars is a successful trilogy. Although I think that it, people appreciate Star Wars for the way it made them feel, as opposed to correct, like how composed it was. Sure, because really, I feel like the only really good Star Wars movie is Empire Strikes Back. The other ones are like you can love those other movies like for what they are or for what they were to you. But Star Wars, I, I mean, I don't think that the first Star Wars is a very good, like, story. And it's, it's, it's a... Return of the Jedi, like, you can see exactly where they're like, okay, we need to sell a lot more toys. Sure. Uh, and I, I mean, I loved those movies growing up, but, like, 
in hindsight, like Empire Strikes Back is the one that's great. Yeah. Like I would say the first Star Wars movie is okay. I'd say Empire's amazing and I would say that Return of the Jedi is good. So the first Star Wars movie is a little slow for if you, I, for, I, I just recently, most I just recently watched fans. it with someone and they'd never seen it before and I was like realizing I was watching it with them and I was like watching their face and I could tell they were just disinterested and I was like fuck yeah it kind of is slow right now. Yeah. The I but the thing is like you are flipped as the like the sort of accepted Star Wars uh hierarchy. Like most people think Star Wars is really good. Empire is amazing and Jedi is okay. Yeah. I think I was I, I was the right age for Jedi, right? Which is that like to me I want I was that kid that was like, Sell me fucking toys. So Show me I a lightsaber it. battle. Um the last question from Corey. I don't even have to look at the letter because I remember it. It's really short. He just says, I wasn't that into Far Cry two. Should I try Far Cry three? I feel like you would probably be qualified to answer. I mean it would depend on why you weren't into Far Cry 2. He didn't give any more details. Like, the reason I didn't like Far Cry 2 is because the save system and respawn mechanic in that game, like, the repopulation of enemies made that game t- absurd. That's true. You would clear out a camp, come back through, and everyone would be shooting at you all over again. That was uh, annoying. Like, I don't mod PC games because I like playing games as the developer developed them because I think that most designers build systems that rely on one another for a reason. But that is a game where it just seemed like a glaring omission that was the the fault of consoles. Like, it was designed around the memory limitations of consoles, that there was no persistence in that world whatsoever. Um, so if that's why you didn't like Far Cry 2, then Far Cry 3 fucking has you covered. Because you take a camp and you clear it, and it is cleared forever. Um, and there, there is a more clear set of goals consistently that spiral out, like and lead into other goals, and that's all really well done. Um, like the the side quest sort of mechanic of it isn't anywhere near as developed as something like Skyrim, but mechanically it's more fun. It's more sound. Um, I don't know. I wrote fucking 1800 word review on it yeah i mean, I, go- I really liked far cry 3 story problems notwithstanding nope. there's the crafting mul- throw a mul- throw away multi oh yeah the crafting stuff i thought was so cool oh uh, the multiplayer is fucking garbage it's throw away yeah it's totally garbage it's so garbage but- the pc version is peer-to-peer uh what about the co-op stuff that's bad it takes the worst parts of single player and like sticks those objectives together ouch yeah, I heard the co-op was not very good. Um, there's not really any persistence either. Like, I don't know. It's just not very good. The voices for the co-op characters seemed really bad. Uh, they're From okay. what I heard, the, the Irish guy. Like, the, sounded- the narrative sort of hook of co-op is cool. And actually, like, I think that it's less... I don't know. Like, I, I think that it works better than the... A lot of the stuff that the single-player campaign tries to do. But... Why would you suffer through shitty, uh, a shitty like the single player so design. long as it is? Just play that. Like yeah, like you could you could dump sixty hours probably into Far Cry Three. Yeah, it's the closest. I and Arthur's not the only person I describe it this way. Other people have too. It's like you know the closest to playing like if you could play Skyrim with a gun. Like it's like it's a big world and there's a lot to do in it. Whereas I used a bow, which is what I do in Skyrim, so it was even more similar to that. 
Yeah, I'm. That's another game that I have uh, shamefully not started yet. I have a PC copy, just haven't what? delved in yet. Shamefully, yeah. you you're fucking buried by work. Yeah. Well, I just mean that there are a lot of games that I I wish that I had played, and Hitman being at the top of that list currently. So, uh, if you want to send your own letters, like Corey did, it's letters at eat sleep game dot com. Find us on Twitter. Arthur's at AEG IES. I'm at Chuff Money. Tyler's at Dirty T. Uh, you can find the works that we do. Arthur's reviews and video reviews, like the Wii U one he did, can be found at polygon.com. Um, my work is at IGN. And, uh, yeah, IGN.com. I know, but it's <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and then, yeah. Rock up, Tyler. Well, fist bumps do not translate over radio. I thought that one actually made a crashing wave you could hear. You guys might have heard it at home. We'll or, see you all. They probably felt it. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> 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 <laughs>